It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening, everyone. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your hosts, Karen Frazier and me, the lovely Chucky G. Hello, the Karen. lovely and talented Chucky G. <laughs> so how is everyone this evening? How are you this evening? I am well. Thank you for asking. And how are you? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hanging in there, you know, another day of getting things done, you know, just had the day sure, off. So, you know, getting oh, stuff done. that's right. Yes, sure, sure. It's, yep. it's Thursday. I, it's checks day off. I took, uh, I took my daughter to get her lip pierced. That was interesting. Ouch. Oh, yeah. It's like she's like, I'm freaking out, freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. So I, I videoed it, too. So I videoed the whole thing. And then we went in there, and it's just sitting there all freaked out. And then it was like, boop, done, like two seconds. She's I was like, going to say, it's really, I, I'm sure it's really fast. Yeah. But, uh, I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't I, do it. I have had my ears pierced many, many times. But they have a gun to do that. I mean, like yeah. a little ear piercing. So it's just so fast. So, like. For the other stuff, don't they have to like needles, stick, yeah. a, stick a freaking spike through you or something? <laughs> yeah, a railroad spike and a hammer. Ooh, right? No, I actually, know. they did like a they held their lip and then they did like a needle, and he cleaned it a little bit and then they took another needle, whoop whoop, and then they put the whatever the ball thing in there, and now she can't eat spicy food for eight weeks and she has to keep oh, it clean. Oh, and, and there's why there's the main reason right mm-hmm. there why my lip would never. No, it's mm-hmm. actually my fear of needles. I mean, getting a tattoo was horrifying enough for me. That terrified me and, and was painful. And I'm a baby. Yeah, so. And it's a little tiny. It was a little tiny 10-minute tattoo. So. <laughs> God, my first one was like two hours. The second one was like an hour oh, and a half. Oh, no. So. I thought I was going to dip my toes in the pond very, <laughs> very gently. Nice. First. So, yeah. Cheryl, how are you? I want to say hi to Cheryl, too. Hello, Cheryl. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Hello. <laughs> What's up, good friend? <laughs> Vim and Vicar and sitting pack. back, relaxing. Are you uh-huh. sipping to take your vitamins this morning? Maybe a five-hour energy drink? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm just giddy right now for some strange reason. Uh, that's you know that's with the marathon work sessions. The exhaustion <laughs> sets in, and you start to. Have you ever been that way where you're so tired that you're just goofy? Oh, all the time, unfortunately. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Right. That's our producer will be slap happy later and be like right. be cutting in and out and stuff and all the commercial ploy roll right hey, in the middle of the show. Like, what the hell? Don't hang our finger on the dump button. We can start swearing. Effin, 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 effin. She'll be like, oh, bleep, crap. Bleep, bleep. Delay, delay, delay for Cheryl. <laughs> awesome. So, whoa. So I hear um, we have a wonderful guest this evening, Miss Lynn Russell, author of The Wonder of You, What the Near-Death Experiences Tells You About Yourself. The Wonder of Me? Well, the wonder of us all, I guess. I guess. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I know. I it's like, going to be interesting. Like topics like this. I know. I, and it's funny because I don't, I have like the general bio over, but I don't have like tons of post-it notes because this is kind of one of those subjects where you just talk and she talks about something. You can just kind of latch onto that and go for that way. And, and you know, it's, it's pretty much an open, open book on, you know, where you can go with this stuff. So sure. I'm, I'm interested to hear about this. It's I am very be- interested. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wonderful, Karen. It's going to be, be wonderful. wonderful. 
wunderbar, darling. It's wunderbar. Lawrence Welk. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Nobody probably knows the Lawrence Welk <laughs> because it's from like the 70s, but my yes. grandmother, when she would come visit, would always make me yeah. watch well and remember the bubbles and all the bubbles. oh my machine. god uh-huh. so boring and they would sing the good night sleep tight pleasant dreams to you oh song oh my god i remember here's that a stuff. wish and a hope that your dreams come true i you know it doesn't work <laughs> though because you didn't count me off with and a one and a two yeah and a one and a two and he had like the you know, like the little stick in the yeah i don't, don't want to get i didn't i never liked that show that's called like, a baton a, a, a what a baton a baton it's I thought a baton is like the things the cops carry to beat the poop out of people when but, they're not uh, that's being, also being good conductor's shoes they use a baton oh okay well there you yes. go some interesting facts to add to my repertoire. That's why, as somebody who has, you know, taken all those classes in college, really what the baton is good for is that you you fling it at people when they make a mistake. <laughs> is that what it's good for? Just wing it across the room, you stinky <laughs> Goddamn you, tuba player! <laughs> that's why they carry it. Now I understand. <laughs> well, well, that's I wanna... what I used it for. Maybe that's why I'm not a music teacher. Yeah, that's not what the baton's for, okay? Um, I want to say uh, thanks to Jessica on air because she sent me a whole bunch of goodies in the mail. I know. What the heck is it with you getting free shit from ladies in the mail? <laughs> well, I send you free stuff. <laughs> Jessica sends you free stuff. <laughs> what up with that, man? How do you, is it just your smooth Sweet. charm? It's my smooth, charming ways. Your smooth operator. She called me her American dad. Isn't that sweet? Oh, that's. I just want to hug the poop out of her, and and, and that sounded wrong, didn't it? I'm sorry. A little bit. Hug the poop out of you, Jessica. I didn't mean that. But she maybe it's really cool. Like it's a Jessica. Like, all you, I'm not sure how it works in Canada, but here in the United States, you can get a restraining order to keep him at least a hundred <laughs> yards away from you, so that he can't hug the poop out of you. Just a suggestion. Oh, I got all sorts of cool stuff from her. Stuff from my. Uh, I know until you said you wanted to hug the poop out of her. No, I'm so sorry. I, I sorry. I brought up feces and it was wrong. So I'm sorry. We'll just well, and the, the the squeezing part. <laughs> it's the squeezing of the poop out of her. Is that the bad it's part? It's the squeezing <laughs> part. That, well, you know, don't they do that with like little chicks when they're trying to sex them? Haven't you ever what? seen that on like Mike Rose Dirty Jobs? One of the Dirty Jobs was chicken oh, yeah, sex. They the t- and they like the, the little chick would come by and they pick them up and squeeze the poop out of it. And I then I don't know what they do then if they check for pink or blue or I don't know. <laughs> pink or blue? What poop? <laughs> no, no, parakeets. No, no, no. So parakeets? Yeah. Yes, okay. Seriously, listen. Parakeets uh, have there's... either blue on the nose part above their beak or pink on the nose part above their beak, and that's how you tell if they're girl or boy. I didn't know that. Wow. Well, that's, how, that's how I always did. I'm not sure if that's actually what's true, but that's how I knew to name one a girl's name and one a boy's name because one had a pink part and one had a blue part. Well, I can't argue with that because I don't know, so I'm just going to go. I don't know okay. either. Cool. All right, well. Let's get to that time, Cheryl. You know what time it is. Roll it. When the world gets weird and things don't make any sense, it's news of the strange and the odd. You know, sometimes I feel that's my life. It just doesn't make any sense, and it's really weird. I that know. is life in general. <laughs> just life in general. Let's just, yeah. yeah. So this one is uh, this one's called The Dark Legend of the Devil's Bible. This was on thelineup.com. Okay, so 
Housed within the National Library of Sweden in Stockholm is a mysterious religious text with a wicked reputation. The Codex Gigas is believed to be the largest surviving medieval manuscript in the world. Contained within its pages are numerous Christian writings, including a complete version of the Vulgate Bible, which later became the Catholic Church's official Latin translation. The book's most intriguing entry, however, is a menacing full-color illustration of the devil. It is this drawing that earned the text its name, its nickname of the Devil's Bible, and convinced many that its pages are cursed by the sinister power of the Dark Prince himself. Uh, historians believe the text originated in the Benedictine Monastery of the Czech Republic in the early 13th century. It measures 36 inches tall by 20 inches wide and is nearly 9 inches thick, requiring two people to lift all 165 pounds of its leathered binding metal trim and vellum pages. Its name means giant book in Latin, yet much of the manuscript's mystique lies in the legend of its creation. The ancient text tells of a monk from the Middle Ages who, after breaking his monastic vows, was sentenced to the particular cruel death of being walled up alive. That's always a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, in the desperate attempt to avoid his harsh punishment, the monk promised to write in a single night a book that glorified the monastery and contained all human knowledge. Oh. Yeah, the monastic ordered agreed to his plea. Yet as midnight approached, the doomed monk knew he would not be able to complete the book unaided, so he bowed in prayer and begged for help. Instead of addressing God, however, he turned his eyes towards to the fallen angel Lucifer, offering his As one does. Mm-hmm. Offering his soul in, in a pinch. Yes. <laughs> for the finished book. The Dark Prince heard the monk's prayer and gladly offered his assistance. With the stamp of his claws fingers, the massive text was done. The monk added the full page portrait of the devil as a token of his gratitude. Other versions suggest that Lucifer himself signed his work by adding the self-portrait. Extensive handwriting analysis indicates that one scribe did indeed compose the entire manuscript. Historians point to a signature within the text, uh, let's see if I can say this, Herman Inclusive, Herman the Recluse, as evidence of a solitaire owner. Tests to recreate the, cal the calligraphic of the Devil's Bible suggest it would take five years of non-stop writing to create it. And that's not including the intricate illustrations and order in uh, I'll try it again. Or illuminations found through its pages. Clearly, the author of this massive tome was possessed by something to create such a masterwork. Whether it was the power of light or darkness is lost to time. Is all human knowledge in it, really? That's all human knowledge? I don't know. I don't know how you can have all human knowledge in there, but that's what it says. I mean, just because it has a picture of uh, someone that drew like the devil, it means it's automatically the devil's Bible. I'm confused about that. I don't know. You know, I think that people are too quick to jump to the whole devil conclusion. Yeah, I agree. Now, Charlie Daniels was right. When the devil went out of Georgia looking for a soul to steal, and he was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal, mm -hmm. that that was real. Grab the fiddle, start playing those yeah. tunes. Little, uh, little, uh, what Johnny, you rosin up your bow and play that. <laughs> <laughs> Battle of the bands or whatever. <laughs> The devil went down to Georgia. I do, I, yeah, I do find that the, the the interesting part of it being 165 pounds though, and having to carry this gigantic book, which is that's interesting, yes. you know. But but is it encased in human skin like that book at like the Harvard mm. Library or something like that? Dang, I don't know. It didn't say that. It that's, should be it's, if it's well, a devil's it's, book. Shouldn't it be encased in human skin? And when you, and it shouldn't it be like written in blood too. I mean, isn't that usually the yeah. The way it goes. I, I heard that, that that's how Charlie Daniels wrote The Devil Went Down to Georgia. What, in blood? Yeah, sure. Are you making it? You're just making it. <laughs> of course I'm making it up. 
<laughs> You're making that stuff up. Stop it. Okay, so this one here has to do with what we're going to be talking about tonight. So I found this interesting that I just happened to run across it as we're talking about near-death experiences this evening on the show. Okay, consciousness survives the death of the body. New search confirms this. All right. Uh, Wait, start funny. over. I, I, I zoned out for a second. It's okay. Consciousness survives the death of the body. New search confirms. Okay. Uh, it's just funny. It's written by Buck Rogers, not for the 25th century, by the way. Uh, oh. Walking. Well, maybe the, in a time machine. Maybe. Yeah, I, I suppose. Sorry, it's yeah. thewakingtimes.com. Okay. The greatest okay. question of all time may very well be what happens to us when we die? I agree. While many individuals, religions, and spiritual traditions have come to their own conclusion about the everlasting nature of the soul, it takes a great deal of faith to be certain about the afterlife. To the scientific mind, this will not do, and the questions look like a little more like, what happens to human consciousness after clinical death? A team of researchers at Southampton University in the UK recently conducted one of the largest ever studies about what happens to consciousness after death. The conclusion... We still don't know what happens, but consciousness and awareness appear to linger for some time after the physical death. Suggests that consciousness and the body are entangled actors somehow, and they may unravel and follow separate paths after what we refer to as death. Scientists, they studied, uh, they did a four-year examination of 2,000 people who suffered cardiac arrest at 15 hospitals in the UK, the United States, and Austria. And they found that 40% of people who survive describe some kind of awareness during the time when they were clinically dead before their hearts were restarted. We are accustomed to thinking of this issue in the terms of near-death experience, which have very little scientific appeal as by their nature. I see what uh, you're doing here. Go on. Tying it all in. These experiences are entirely subjective and impossible to quantify. Attempting a more objective look at what happens to the mind-conscious apparatus of being, the multiple disciplinary team was led by Dr. Sam Perina, who in an interview related to the study remarked, the evidence thus far suggests that in a few first minutes after death, consciousness is not annihilated. Whether it fades afterwards, we do not know, but right after death, consciousness is not lost. We know the brains can't function without the heart when the heart has stopped beating, but in the case of conscious awareness, appears to have continued for up to three minutes into the period when the heart wasn't beating, even though the brain typically shuts down within 20 to 30 seconds after the heart stops. He's this been is doing the, this. He's been doing this study for a long time because know, I've been following this study. So right, okay, so this is significant since it it often is assumed that experiences in relation to death are like hallucinations or you know illusions occurring either before the heart stops or after the heart has successfully restarted, but not an experience corresponding with real events when the heart isn't beating. Furthermore, the detailed recollections of visual awareness in the case were constant with verified events. The scientists admit they still don't know at all what is going on with human awareness after death, even though the study gives concrete evidence that some portion of our consciousness is able to survive at least the first few minutes of bodily death and maintaining sufficient awareness to somehow observe the clinical dead body and its surroundings while awaiting resuscitation. Yes. The research is a scientific clue that the conscious survives clinical death, and while not all the conclusive, the study certainly opens the doors for an expanding understanding of the relationship between the body and the spirit. The singular most point being science and spirit may have approached more rapidly than ever. Yes. That, that is the news I have for this evening. I found that to be... I mean, interesting for the fact that, you know, I'm looking around. This is the person we're going to have on tonight. So 
Yeah, um, you did I a say, good job of tying the news into the guest. Well, thank you. I say booyah to that, you know what I mean? Because that's booyah. cool. Because, I mean, the science is now, you know, I, I find it as I read different things, science gets a little closer to the paranormal. Science gets a little closer to the paranormal. It seems like we're starting to intertwine the two. Yes. A lot more than they used to be, and I think that's yes. that's really good. That's you know? always been my belief that that actually science, religion, and the paranormal are all coming at the same. They're going to arrive at this, maybe not religion, um, but at the same answers, just from different different angles. Yeah, right. You know, because I mean, um, uh, you know, of course, when the paranormal was first around, it was always like, you know, blah blah blah. You know, it's just a paranormal. It's just not. It's not real. And now the, the fact that it's kind of cool that they're, they're taking. A, 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 a what's the word I'm looking for? A smart approach to actually saying, you know what? Maybe we should look into what's all the stuff that's going on. There's just so much happening. There has to be something to it. Now you got quantum yes. physics. You got all these different things. I, I like the fact that it's all tying in. I do too. Um, some a lot of naysayers would tell you that that it isn't. Um, you know, it just different interpretations of the results, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, it was yeah. nice. I mean, it was nice that they took a serious approach to it. And yes. they, they, I mean, they went through. Oh, he's been know. he's been doing this. I've been following this study for years. He's somebody that I would love to interview and talk with. Um, I he's been on my list to Cheryl a few times, but I don't think he wants to talk to us because we're a paranormal show. And, oh, know, well, that, that's okay because we we don't need him. We have Lynn Russell. That's yeah. right. And we've had Raymond Moody before, too. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, these people know what they're talking about. So, you know, it'll be interesting to hear her uh, take on the subject because she studied it right. herself, you know, and did right. like, what did she, she did like, uh, I was reading, where was I reading how much she, oh, over 2,500 NDEs, you know. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, you know, this lady knows what she's talking about. So. I'm excited. I mean, um, if, yes, go ahead. No, go ahead. No. That's okay. I was going to say, but of course, you know, I mean, I, of course, I believe there's, you know, life after death, of course, because. Um, I don't. <laughs> well, it's right. really hard to be a psychic medium. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it make it tough? To, yeah, I, I just think it's voices. In I'm just pretending head. I'm talking. Yes, this is the voices. Oh, that's right. It's, it's, I'm, I'm a cold reader. <laughs> yeah, well, I hear things. I like, am not clever enough to be a cold reader. I'll just tell you that now. <laughs> no, yeah, no way. No way am I clever enough to do that. It's no, like, it's like a, I what? Know. I'm like, no, that wasn't me. There's no way that was me. I didn't even know about that. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's cool. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. Hey, yes, Cheryl. Yeah. Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah. I know what we forgot to talk about. We are in the presence of a holy man this evening. What, what the heck? Our Chucky G. Is now what Chucky? What are you? Come on! The Reverend of Dudeness. Oh my <laughs> he God! He's a Dudeness priest. A Dudeness priest. I mean, got another thing coming. Oh, I'm sorry. I just talked to you like two days ago, and you weren't a Dudeness priest then. He studied well, very hard when he entered his name into that website to become ordained. Took my test, and I have my diploma somewhere around here. Uh, yeah, he sent me a picture of it. So what's He's a Dudeness priest? It's hanging up here. Oh my! There it is. Of ordination, Reverend Chucky. G. What does this mean? What, what? It means well, I can he say he can perform weddings and funerals. Huh? He is a Judas priest. He has to abide. Wow! Hail, hail, Marys! Yes, I have to. I have to abide by all this. Did you yes. watch the? Did you watch the Big Lebowski afterwards? No. <laughs> well, well, that was your text. That's your holy text. Oh <laughs> man! Well, it's all right. I can get it on Netflix. I'll pop I'm it. I'm sure you can. Yes. Well, congratulations. I know, that's so exciting. 
I know. I I, we we cool. are in the presence of of a great light, Cheryl. <laughs> oh my lord! You brought this up on air for crying out loud. <laughs> Of course I did. I know. Of course she did. It was cool. It was fun, you know. It was a fun little test, you know. I'm all I I think our next um our next advertisement that you put out for the show, Cheryl, when we make a new ad for the show. Oh, you know it. It should be with Reverend Chucky G. Yes, of course it will be. And and Dr. Karen Frazier. That's right, yep. Doctor Karen Fraser, Reverend Doctor. That's the Reverend Doctor. Reverend Doctor. God, that's an I, awful lot of I, stuff in front. Why of you. do I all of a sudden feel so inferior? <laughs> yeah, here it is. It's like Reverend Doctor Karen Fraser, the Reverend Chucky G, and Cheryl. Knight. And Cheryl Bite. <laughs> and Cheryl Bite. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna go get myself a do this. We have to be nice, you know. She's gonna hit that button. There's gonna be like dead air. It's gonna be all over for us. She <laughs> wouldn't do that. She Never. Has she has the power. She could take over. She power. could hang up on us and take over the show herself. <laughs> wow, I never thought of that. Well, then we better be really nice because she could do that. I never. She doesn't want to do nah. that, do Cheryl. No. <laughs> no, we're awesome. No. You are. I'm afraid if she starts giggling, going, <laughs> no, of course not. I don't want to do we that. We are awesome, and we yes. are both holy people, although yes. you may be holier than me. Well, it depends. If you're talking about my socks, yeah. <laughs> they are slightly holy. But, you know. I have brand new socks on, so not so holy right now. Give them a week. <laughs> yes. Give them a week? Is that all it takes? <laughs> I'm, ba- I'm barefoot. What does that mean? Well, I don't I... know. Well, we have air conditioning in the house, and Jim likes to keep it really cold, so I have to wear socks oh, when okay. I'm in the house, All or right. my feet are going to fall off. My toes, even in socks, my toes are cold. My son does that, too. He turns the air into uh, freezer conditions, and then it's like I'm living That's in a meat Chad. cooler. That's Chad. That is Chad. It's like you're in the refrigerator. You're in the freezer, not the refrigerator. Is it really? Oh, yeah. It... It's like oh. 65, oh, and he's like, it's hot see. in here. 65. I read a study. I read studies, as you know, a lot. I read a study that um, most air conditioning are set to be comfortable for men and not women. Well, that's just hey, great. Hey, hey, don't look at me like that when you say that because I have no control over the thermostat here. I, did you see how Karen looked at you? I know. I live in the basement. I have no control over squat. Uh, it, it's freezing cold and I'm underground. So, yeah, you just double those two things. That's why I'm wearing this thing i'm wearing right now i have virtually no control over anything either chucky well there you go it just is what it is i'm so sorry now I know my how. life out I, of control what runaway train i can connect to the women now i'm so sorry i'm really really sorry about this mm-hmm. but anyways if you anybody wants to send any women want to send me anything i'll, I'll give my address <laughs> at the that's end. right you listen to those smooth golden tones and it, it's like <laughs> I think he's like subliminal man. I think we're not even noticing it, but like he's saying, send me stuff. Yeah. I'd be like, and so we're having one to show today. I need a new car. (laughs) (laughs) Did he say he needed a new car? What's his address? (laughs) Must send Chuck a new car. (laughs) Oh, what can I say? You know, I'd like a lap blanket. It's cold in the basement. (laughs) I need a lap blanket. It's really, really cold. Please send me one. No, no, that's not how it works, really, seriously, I swear. I don't know. You just, you do. Women send you things. I don't know why. I don't even think Jess and I are the only two. I think Cheryl has sent you things. I have. I think Nancy has sent you things. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) 
maybe a few things, maybe like a necklace. Are there other are there other women that the four of us don't know about? Oh, I'm no, sure there's well, plenty. N- not that they've sent me anything, no. Oh, what about the hematite ring from June? Oh, mm-hmm. oh no, oh no, that was from Kalina. Oh, mm. but didn't June send you stuff too? Yes, yeah, she sent me some of her books. <laughs> now there's six. <laughs> Keep it like a tally. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know how many men have sent me things? How many? Uh, <gasps> only, only the people who pack boxes at Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, they count, don't they? <laughs> nice the one. The warehouse people at Amazon and ModCloth. That's yeah, what sends me stuff. You should feel sorry for the Fraser uh, girl. Let's send her something. She didn't even order it. I don't care. Just send her anyway. So. Oh, and and of course eBay sellers. Oh yeah. Well yeah, I get those too. So. But usually oh, those I, are women. Yeah, they're usually women. Yeah. No, we won't even talk about that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to break so that we can come back and talk about something that actually matters, like new. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. All right. Stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's me, Chucky G, and I'm here with Karen Fraser. We'd like to invite you to join us on Hazy Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern for Paranormal Underground Radio. In the Dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G. We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing guests. So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on hazyradio.com. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at Paranormal UG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Are you looking for a show that puts the paranormal in a different light? A show that shoots straight from the hip? A show where the knowledge of paranormal is number one? Then join Rick Hale, former co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio. For his new show, Common Sense Paranormal, or Paranormal Street Talk, is what it's all about. Every Thursday night from 9 to 10 Eastern, right here on the Hazy Radio Network. 
Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for fast. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Outcome. And we could go around for hours I bet we'll never find the cause
Hello, this is Patty Valdez with South Sound Paranormal Research, and you're listening to Chucky G and Karen Frazier on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio Network with your hosts, Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. And now we are going to bring in our guest, Miss Lynn Russell, the author of The Wonder of You, What the Near-Death Experiences Tells You About Yourself. Good evening, Lynn. Good evening. And how are you this evening? I'm wonderful. Thanks, Chuck. How are you? Good. I'm 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 excellent. I'm really, really excellent right now. He's great because great. girls send him stuff in the mail all the time. <laughs> Yeah, so Lynn, if you need my address, I'll let you know later at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, so you wrote a book. I, I, I saw that you did like you researched over two thousand five hundred NDEs to, to to put this book together. Okay, sure. so sure. can we start? Let's let's roll back a little bit because you know I always, I always like to roll back to the beginning of where, like what got you started in this. What you, what, what got you interested in this to begin with? Well. I've always been interested in near-death experiences and learning more about them. And I was on NDERF, which stands for Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. Um, and I was just looking around there, and uh, Dr. Jeff Long, who, who um, owns that, that site, uh, asked for someone to do some some research for him, and so I volunteered. And uh, I just loved what I was learning. I just learned such great things that mm-hmm. I just wanted to write about it and tell everybody. So, and I did. I did, excuse me. I did no, the okay. research for uh, Doctor Long's book, and his book is called "The Evidence of the Afterlife." I read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the lady that did the research for that. Well, good. Okay, that's cool. I, I actually quoted from that rather extensively in, in a, a paper I did for school. So, very cool. Oh, great. <laughs> so, all right, so you wrote the book, or you did the research for the other book, and you wrote this book. So, mm-hmm. yeah. why, don't we start, why don't we start talking about... Um, Let's, actually, let's let's do this first. What are your personal feelings on this subject? Besides, you know, the research. Oh, I'm very convinced that uh, yes, that near-death experiences do happen, that they are real, and uh, it's not a figment of anyone's imagination. Okay. So did you see that um, that there's been a report out about some of the research? I, I'm sure in your field that you're aware of, of, of Dr. Parnia, of Sam Parnia. Um, yes, yes, did, yes. And so Chuck just at the top of the hour um, before we had you on was reading from a report that says that, that if they haven't completely reached their conclusion, they've gotten a lot closer because but they're only talking like what was it like? 30 seconds or something, three minutes or something mm-hmm. like that, Jeff? Three minutes, yeah. yeah, three minutes. Yeah, so are you, are you aware of the research that I'm talking about? No, I'm not. There's tons of it out there. What, what exactly is he talking about? What was his conclusions? Chuck, do you have the thing there yeah, where you can yeah, really quickly... Yeah. Yes, it's in my head. The the thing that we're talking about was that he said that for... They found that for at least three minutes after the heart stopped and the brain 
disengaged that when people were brought back, not they could visually and uh, mentally remember everything that was happening, see their surroundings, and be able to yeah. you know tell what they saw, what they felt, yeah. um, and they, they they concluded that. At least for those three minutes, they can't go any farther than that. Consciousness does survive. Uh, but it's not like anoxia or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not hallucinogenic or illusions. It's actually, it's actually right, right. reality. Oxygen, yeah, from the brain or that kind of thing. Yeah, actually, I had some research. Uh, some of the people I researched had been dead for hours, just hours and hours. And they wrote about their experience while they were gone. And uh, and some of them were in rigor mortis. Some of them were in the morgue, waiting to be whatever. Um, and uh, so there there were a lot of people that that had been gone for hours. So you know, I wow. I can't believe that twenty five hundred people are telling stories or lying or making up. You know, occasionally that does happen, but I can't believe that many people do. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and Dr. Moody has um, talked about that, you know, that that there are a lot of similarities among people from the same culture in the near-death experience. But at the same time, um, that even if, like, somebody from a different culture, if you compare the similarities or the elements of theirs to, like, say, somebody who's Muslim to somebody who's um, Christian, you still do see similarities. They just manifest differently. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. So and, can and you... One of the, yeah, one of the nice things about that is that fact that they're so similar. There's just so many similarities, you know, between the two different... Well, not just those that country, uh, culture. The, what, the difference I found was that people who are raised in a different way of thinking, for example, uh, Buddhist or, or Muslim, would see Muhammad or Buddha rather than seeing Jesus. Or, you know, that, that's about one of the main differences. So it relates to the training that they've had throughout their life as opposed to, um, I don't know, anything more, you know? It doesn't, so, it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, that, that, it's, that it's not the same. Right, well, I, I think that there is an example, I think I, it was actually in Evidence of the Afterlife, that there was an example of that, that, like, Christians or Westerners may have, for instance, a life review where somebody from a Muslim culture may meet a man or a Hindu, I can't remember, that shows them a book of their life. Yes. And yes. so so while those are culturally and religiously different, meaning-wise, they're the same thing. That's right. Yeah, the learning is the same. Yeah, but all right, so my question, I guess, to that is, is that then how do you, how, how do you know then that they're actually experiencing moments on the other side versus just their their training or their programming, whatever you want to call it, of, mm-hmm. of being alive to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, because they come back with stories that they couldn't possibly know. Um, like, for example, blind people who are blind here go over on the other side and then can come back and talk about what they saw and they can accurately describe things. Um, for another example is that they'll come back talking about 
uh, a grandfather or a great-grandfather that they've never met, they've never seen, and yet they can identify that person in pictures. Or mm-hmm. they find, they come back talking about a sister or a brother that was that was um, that died before their birth, and nobody had ever told them about it. So yeah, there's there's different ways that people come back with knowledge that they can't possibly know. Uh, another example is that um, people will hear conversations. For example, one woman went out into the lobby. And she saw her family sitting there and talking, and she was able to describe what they were and what they were talking about and who said exactly what. So those kinds of things verify. Right. So when when we talk about, like, the cultural differences, and, and it sort of relates to what Chuck was asking, um, do you think that part of the reason that there might be cultural differences is because in the, you know, first hours after death, the soul remains ego identified as opposed to soul identified. Exactly. exactly. That's absolutely right. That's what I, I think. I think when the, when the soul enters this life, it has an amnesia about its reality. And I think that it's the struggle going back to find that again, you know, that, that that's what we're we are trying to do while we're here, is to learn our reality. But I, so, I agree, they do take the, the ego back with them, yes. And do they, do they shed it eventually? Yes, yes, after they've been there for a little while, then yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and if, all right, so, and if they shed their, the, the ego identity and go back to their soul identity, um, talking from a paranormal investigator standpoint, then okay. like when you're, when you're connecting to someone doing an EVP session, audio session, whatever, um, how do they know that, you know, when you're saying, Hey, I want to talk to Dan, for instance, you know, and then Dan has shut his ego. How and now they know they're Dan. Yeah. You know, how they know they're Dan. Well, I'm, I'm trying to understand this, you know, I'm trying to understand that if, if he's got rid of his ego, uh, I thought that was his. But isn't, okay, but they, they may get rid of the ego, but they will always remember that lifetime. That's a part of them now. It becomes a part of the whole. So they would still remember who they were, the lifetime they had, the people that they're connected with. The other thing about that is that people will, like, for example, um, when someone dies, they will be with you. Like if you're a close person, say, you know, mm-hmm. someone you really love, they'll be with you whenever you need them, even though they've let go. They don't know they were such and such and that, you know, they, they cared and loved love, and still love you. It isn't a loved, it's a, you know, so so it's always there. It's always there. So and also our- that's part of the oneness, too, is that we're all one. And right. they just join into the oneness. Yeah, no. So do you, do you think that um, the oneness is uh, something that, that I, I sort of wonder about sometimes? I mean, I do believe we're all one. But do you think that um, when we incarnate, um, 
do we always incarnate as the same piece of the oneness or is it like you take and you dump a water uh, bucket of water back in the ocean and then you scoop a new one out and you have a few molecules of it? Well, that's a, that's a good, good question. Um, and to be honest, I'm not sure that I know the answer. I know what I would think. Yes. I think that once the ego um, comes into a lifetime, that it has to learn and grow back to the source. And so I think it does take multiple lives to get from there to back, being back. So the next life would be uh, with the same, not the same ego and not the same personality, but with the same soul. Okay, so so there are individual, in your belief, and mine too as well, I was just trying to clarify yours, there are individual souls that go through lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes to trying to, to rejoin with the source. And do you think also between those lifetimes that we spend some time with the source and sort of get a chance to rest a little bit? Oh, yes, big time. Oh, sure. oh thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful there. I shouldn't say that. I don't want anybody to say, oh, hurry up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's was, that was going to be one of, my, one of my questions. It's like, all right, so you've done all this research and you've talked to these, these people. Um, what, similarities do you, what similarities do you see them describe from the other side? Well, the similarities, um, you know, that's not an easy question because okay. no two NDEs are alike. There are general things that are the same. For example, the garden. Well, the garden may appear to each person completely different. Sometimes the garden is a stream and green and uh, green grass and flowers and things like that, and it'll have houses or it'll have trees or it'll have a hill. But another person will see um, a very cultivated garden, or they might see a field, or they might be in the, in the mountains, you know. So mm-hmm. there's different types of uh, locations, but they're still in a very beautiful, restful, peaceful, and they feel a lot of love, tons mm-hmm. and tons and tons, mm-hmm. and um, joy. Okay. And yeah. one of the things about the... the um, when they're in the garden, or what I'm calling the garden, okay. um, it, 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 the grass and the, tr- and the trees and the flower and the water respond to them. When they think about it, they feel a response back. What do you mean by response, yeah. though? I mean, what does well, that mean? Well, for example, um, uh, love. They'll feel love. They'll say, for example, oh, what a beautiful flower. It's lovely. And they'll feel love coming back to them from the flower. So that's, okay. I mean, we don't, we don't even equate with that kind of thinking, but that's the sort of thing that... The other thing is the, um, there's light, whether it's in the garden, the mountains, or, or the big light that people enter into the light. Mm-hmm. Um, there are often relatives, and, um, and there are people that they knew in this life that are passed over, and mm-hmm. there's also uh, guides or spirit, other spirits that are there to help them. Mm-hmm. So those are common, some of the common denominators. Gotcha. Um, now, you said that you, you talked about some that were like 
so long deceased, like even getting rigor mortis before they came back. Was yeah, there? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy. So, what, were their experiences deeper than ones that have just gone for a few minutes? I mean, is it, you no, know what I'm saying? No, 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 that's surprising. Some of them didn't, there was hardly any difference as far as death. Now, some, yes, did only go get there, they got to the end of the tunnel, or they got to a spot in the garden or wherever they were, and they weren't allowed to go any farther, and they had to come back. So that did happen frequently. But another thing that did happen was that people would be over there maybe less than a minute and have a complete experience because on the other side there is no time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about that. So yeah, that's I was, that's, I was curious if if that was a true, uh, you know, a, a true thing, you know, or you know, maybe yeah. one and the same, you know, depending on when they went. Now, uh, so they've all gone. So you've, you've done research with so many. So I have to ask the question: uh, the dark side of things, or the you know what when people talk about. I mean, uh, you know, are those are there those also? Of course, there are negative experiences, but I want to qualify that by okay. saying that we, now, as I mentioned before, our experiences here in the lifetime that we are now living, we take that, that with us, that ego base with us, so that if a person believes in the uh, in hell or the devil or the you know that kind of negative thing, then that's what they will have. If they believe that that's what they will de- that they deserve, they will find themselves in there because that's what they think they should have. But that that's spelled out very clearly in my book. I talk quite a bit about that. That um, it, it, it's it's repeatedly said. Well, if that's what you want to believe, that's up to you. You know, and people, so people do have experience where they find themselves in a situation like that, but they also um, are, are um, as every single one that I knew, that I experienced or sorry, read and researched, every single one of them, as soon as they thought a positive thought or thought about God or thought about Jesus or thought about some kind of wonderful thought, they wrote. Just like that. Hmm. They didn't stay there. They were gone. So Bob wants to know, and this is pretty pretty close to what you're talking about right now anyway, he's, he wants to know how many that crossed and had experiences of hell came back and changed their life? Oh, all of them. All of them. And it, it wasn't only people who had hell experiences. Because on the other side, one of the other things that most people have, not everybody, but most, um, is a, is a re- life review. And so they review the life that they've had and how they could have done things differently or, gee, that was really good that I did that. You know? Yeah. And the, thing, and the thing that they learn really strongly on that is that they feel exactly what they have done to the other. So they feel it from the other person's point of view, you mean? No, not from the, they are the other person feeling it. Okay, all right. And so they feel whatever it is, whether it's positive or negative, they feel it. And so they can feel good about themselves having done good things or are upset about themselves that they, but here's the other thing. They not only feel 
the other person's pain or so or happiness, but they also feel how that reverberates out in that other person's life. So their children or their friends or their work or, you know, that kind of thing. So a lot of people fear judgment when they die. Um, I think it's probably one of the most scary things, at least for people from religious backgrounds, is that they fear being judged. And so if I'm somebody who, and I'm not, but if I'm somebody who comes from a very strong Christian background, for instance, and I'm afraid of being judged when I die, how, how do you tell me about this life review and not have it scare the crap out of me? Yeah, that, that actually, that's a marvelous question, and thank you for asking it. Um, what happens is you judge yourself. There is no other judgment. You are the only one who judges yourself, and you decide if that was a good or bad thing. And okay. That, and then when people come back, they are completely different. And coming back can be very painful for some of them. And most of the time... They have a very difficult time readjusting back into this life, and um, because they know they one of the other things that people feel is that that here is not real. That yeah, real. I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> that over there is more real than here, and so they feel like they're in a phony world or a phony experience, and so it takes some time for them to readjust back into. Yeah, but as far as the evil or the punishment goes, no, there's none. No. The only punishment would be that if you did something wrong, you feel what you've done. Right. So, for example, someone like Hitler, Hitler would probably still be feeling yeah. the pain that he's caused, you know. But that's because he's done that to himself, and, and so he is judging himself. So the message then is if I, I'm extrapolating from, from a couple of things sure. you've said, we're all one, and we experience that oneness when we, when we return to the source uh, every time we die, um, if we allow ourselves, and we experience as the other person the things that we've done that are hurtful. Therefore, when we do something to harm someone in this life, we're really harming ourselves. It's like what Jesus said, uh, what you, why, it was something about as you do for others, you do for me. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Except that it's been changed. Uh, you know, the thinking or the, the understanding of that's been changed. But yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. All right, uh, let's do this before we, we go on. We take a break at the top of the hour, and this seems like a good time to do that. Um, so we'll take a break. You can stick around for another segment, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Great. Because this, this is a fascinating conversation. Um, stick around, everybody. We're talking near-death experiences. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Babies, you got to just roll with that flow. Yeah, right into the great daylight as the sun rises right there in your heart. Starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon, you've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby. That's right. You gotta know, you gotta get in the flow. The Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network. This is Chris 
Austin from the Enlightened Circle. Join us Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, where we'll feature great guests, enlightening information, and spiritual healing. If you have questions about or for the universe, the Enlightened Circle is where you want to be. Tuesdays at 10, only on the Hazy Radio Network. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. For me to keep on listening, boy, you're out of the line. Cause I'm done with all this trying. Cause I'm done with every little thing that you ever told me. And I being hung up because you told me that you loved me. Guys, it's a lie, and I think it's time I won't.
Hi, this is Amy Allen from The Dead Files, and you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in Dark. That is that's correct. Paranormal in the Dark with Kara Frazier and Chucky e. G. We're talking to Lynn Russell, author of The Wonders of You, What the Near-Death Experiences Tells You About Yourself. Um, and there's a question from Bob in chat, so we're just going to lead off with that. Uh, Bob wants to know, Lynn, if they experience hell, is it is is it their experience or their spirit guides getting them back on track? I don't understand the question. Did he, was he talking about hell? Oh, yes. Like in a, in a, in, in a near-death experience, if somebody mm-hmm. has like a hellish experience, yeah. and yes. you said that, that that helps them get back on track, he wants to know, is it their actual spirit that's doing that, or do they have spirit guides that are helping them do no, that, or no, both? No. He's doing that himself, or the person who does is doing that themselves. It has, uh, no, your your spirit guide would not do that for you. That's, that's you know, that's because they, all you feel when you're going through the life review, which is the most difficult of all of it, if, if, because we all have bad things that we've done that we don't want to tell people about, but um, when you're going through that, you are wrapped around in so much love and acceptance from the others around you. Mm-hmm. It's just overwhelming. So no, no, they wouldn't do that. Okay. So does the does the love and acceptance that you're wrapped in when you're going through this life review, does that ease it somehow? I think so. I think so. As I said, they don't do the judging. You do your own judging. And at the same time you're you're just being Loved beyond, you know, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. So we on break there. We had talked about out of body experiences, uh, you know, connected yeah. to like N NDS. Um, what's the difference? I mean, if you're out of body, can can you go to the other side? Is it the same or is it different? Are you going somewhere different? I mean, what what, what do you think? I, I don't think they go the complete difference, uh, like the complete distance. I don't think they, um, that they have a right review or that they, but they can feel the love and they can go to the garden. I think that's about all I know of. Okay. All right. Um, so looking into all this stuff and doing your research on all this stuff, what do you find the most interesting out of all of this? I mean, what, what's, what really interests you about this? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> that's my job, ma'am. I think, I think the thing that, that I'm thrilled about is how much the people came back and talked about our reality. Um, as being so beautiful. And I think that's why I wanted to write the book because I just, that, that just was like tingly for me. Um, you know, I just thought, wow, I gotta really tell people how beautiful they are because that's, and so I think that's the bottom line. And that's what the book is basically about. Yes, it's about the near death experiences and leading people from, you know, from the beginning through it. But it, the main topic is to tell people how beautiful they really are. How beautiful are we? Because I will tell you, I don't always feel super beautiful. You know, you were saying that the person <laughs> that judges himself is is you. I do that when I'm alive. Does that mean I'm going to have to do it when I'm dead, too? You do. <laughs> Dang it. 
No, I judge myself too. Of course we do. Um, no, I'm talking about um, uh, uh, we uh, at the spirit level, at the soul level. You know, a book that I suggest people read is um, Anuta Murjani's uh, Dying to, to Live. And that is, or is that the right title? Anyway, it's by Anita Morjani, and she's she's written a book that uh, I think it's called Dying to Live, and it's a it's an amazing book. And she had um, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and uh, and she had it for four, almost four years, and she was a horrible mess, and uh, on her deathbed. And uh, she did die, and she came back, and I won't go into the details of that. You can read about it if you get the book. And she says, we just don't realize the options that are open to us, that we limit ourselves too much by by stopping ourselves. And there's this great big, huge choices, uh, you know, unbelievable. She talks about a warehouse full of choices there is and and the warehouse doesn't have an end it it goes forever one way and it goes forever the other way and um and she says that's all the choices you have so i think that's that that and she came back because she's healed herself when she realized how beautiful her soul was that's what brought her back so i really recommend anita's book i'm sure it's called dying to live Interesting. So, do you think that, because I, I tend to think that in our lives, we look at ourselves um, as being very limited. And so, you're, you would suggest that one of the things the near-death experience teaches us is that we have far more choices than we actually believe we do? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, it does. But, uh, well, that's what it taught Anita, um, and, and certainly others as well. You know, I think it's people who limit themselves, find out that they're limitless, you know. Um, but I also think that, that people learn, um, they come back understanding that the oneness of, of their connection with, with other people and wanting to reach out. They're very spiritual. They want to reach out and, and help other people. And, you know, they, it's almost a drive for them to get out there and, and do whatever they can to help the, the society to the world. Interesting, because, you know, I was mentioning I had that Life Between Lives hypnotherapy. That's exactly mm-hmm. how I've been ever since I did that. That I, yes. I just want to do something. Yes, and and in I'm on um, uh, um, LinkedIn, and um, I'm I'm surprised at how many people there that I've connected with have had near death experiences, and now are working to try and do whatever they can do to make life better. It's um, dying to be me. Is the book. Oh, that's it. Oh, thank you. Dying to be me. Yes, I I found her. So Anita Morjani, M-O-R-J-A-N-I. I've put it in the chat room for you guys to take a look at, uh, listeners. It's called Dying to be Me. Thank you for helping me with that. That's great. So, all right, so we're going to keep going with this, what you guys were just talking about. 
Um, so people, someone passes away, they go to the other side, they come back, and they now have gifts, psychic gifts, mediumship oh, yes. gifts. Yes. Um, is that because as they come back, that that uh, connection is still like an open channel, so to speak? Um, it what could be. Thoughts? It could be a stronger open channel, yes, because um, sometimes they have to ask for it to be taken away. It's just overwhelming. They're hearing thoughts, they're feeling feelings, you know, and they can't even go out in a room full of people without uh, it being overwhelming. So sometimes they have to say, stop it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, um, you say, and I believe you, that we're really, really, as souls, that we're really, really beautiful. So why, when we're here, are we so ugly so often? Well, because, hmm, that's a little bit, a little bit intricate, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> my best. Um, first of all, when we come here, we come here, um, we are given amnesia, as I mentioned before. We don't know anything about all of this. We don't know our, our reality or uh, whether we're beautiful or not. The other reason why we come here is so that we can, um, because of the oneness, all the oneness feels is, is, is love and joy. That's all. There's no other feelings. So coming here, it can experience what, what it couldn't possibly experience in the other at the other level. And so we are here giving to the light or the oneness or the source or the whatever word you want to call it. Um, we're here giving to that our experiences. and In order to allow it to experience itself in a different way. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. That's exactly. So it's like um, you're, you're talking about duality and actually it sounds a lot like uh, very similar to what Neil Donald Walsh talks about in his Conversations with God series, that yes. God, that the source seeks to know itself, and yes. we come to allow the source to know itself in something other than light and love. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Yes, I agree with that. So, okay. so, so let me, I don't know if my, my question already was answered through what you were just saying there because I got a little thrown up there. But there was you know, a, there was a furrowed brow. I have him on camera, and his his brow started to furrow yeah, as we were and talking. It, and it doesn't. And usually that doesn't happen. But but what I was trying to understand is like you know like when you say when we're when we're put here on the earth, we're, we're given amnesia so we can become who we're supposed to become, ego driven people, learn our lessons, do whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And then say someone passes away, they have the NDE, then they come back and they remember everything from that other side. Why are we a lot? Why are they allowed to remember that? Like, why aren't they going they, back they to the part? Okay. A lot of it, they don't remember. They have amnesia again. For example, when, before we, we come into a body, like before we're born, we choose a lot of aspects of this life. We choose a chore or a task of what we're ever going to uh, accomplish in this lifetime. And then we choose all the elements that would help that to happen. So, for example, we choose what country we're going to live in. We choose the parents we're going to have. We choose what race we're going to be. We choose what we're going to look like, whether we're going to have a disability or any of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so... All of those come, but when we go over on the other side, we're whole again, right? And then we have to come back. All that's gone again. We don't know why 
you know, we just know that we've got this to deal with. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, there's a question in the chat, which kind of fits into what we're talking about. He says, he, Bob wants to know, some children remember that they were someone else. Did the amnesia fail, or was the remembrance planned? In other words, are they allowed? Well, I wonder about that, too, Bob. I, I'm not sure. I actually do think that uh, it's partly planned. I think there's a planning in there. Um, and maybe, the, the, you know, I, I sort of see it like in a comic kind of way, that, that one soul says, well, wait a minute, I was thought until last time, so you get to be... You know, and then they decide, okay, I'm going to remember a past life this time. And I think that if that is the case, and that's only my imagination, um, then um, it would be because we need to know that we, there is a past, a, another lifetime, that we have lived other lifetimes. And so people who remember are telling all of us. Look, so it keeps us seeking, is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. it, keep, it keeps yes. us asking the questions. Yes, and, and knowing that, that when we finish this life, we can complete, we return. Yeah. Well, so I, I always um, think it's interesting about that we choose our lives. I mean, and we choose our lives when we're here as well. Um, but that we choose so many things, and, and I know there are a lot of people who believe even further that we choose... Um, people and events that are more likely to occur in our lives. And so people think that removes free will from us as, as humans walking the earth. So how do you reconcile um, that we choose all these things, but yet we have free will? Actually, I don't think we choose details. I don't okay. think we choose, I think we choose general things that will mm -hmm. lead us. And maybe there might be the odd occurrence here and there, like meeting some one person or, or attending a course that you didn't wouldn't normally have or something like that. I do think that that happens, but I don't think every detail. Like I know I hear that repeatedly that um, it was meant to happen or that, mm -hmm. um, you know, there, that everything is all planned, and I, I don't believe that at all. Do you think and, that we have – go ahead. Yeah, I think we have more free will than we realize. I think we can, we've come here with a choice, a chore to do, but we can choose to have 40 lives before we actually get it all done. Right. You know, I just think we just choose everything. Do you think that we have soul groups? Have, uh, what, I'm sorry, that soul, that. Do you think that we have soul groups, groups of souls that oh, we oh. come back time and time again with? Well, maybe, maybe, but keep in mind that, and that's, that is possible, um, but I also think we're all one. When we get to the soul level, True. we're one. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know if it's just a number, a part of the oneness, or if it's a soul group. So, so, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, so I saw a, 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 something in your bio about um, the universe being a hologram. I mean, what, what exactly? What exactly does that mean? Well, that's off on a whole completely different um, topic. Um, okay, that's hard. That's, I, I actually give a workshop on that. 
and that brings in quantum physics and um, and uh, the operation of the brain and mm-hmm. um, black holes and that kind of thing. So um, I think I'm going to pass on that question. Just because, <laughs> well, That's just okay. Huge. We yeah. don't have time, is what well, you're no. saying. Well, because well, I, you know, what I read into it was that, you know, I, I thought maybe like, oh, what, we're on this planet and everything around us is just a hologram and it's just us here, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, we're that's in the holodeck. Oh, you know what I... Yeah, I, 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 I I'm, I'm halfway finished, actually, more than halfway finished, another second book that does oh, talk about that and that relates to my workshops that I do, yes. And okay. that's exactly, yes. All right, well, then we'll have to have you See, back up here done with the book, yeah. The way that I interpreted it, without all the big technical explanations, because apparently I just don't think that deeply, <laughs> is that that our souls are our ultimate reality, and this is like us agreeing to go to a movie or a play for a couple hours and suspend reality to experience the world of the play or the movie. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's a nice explanation. I agree with that. Um, one of the things that I will say, though, Chuck, is that my last chapter in my book talks about this, and that's maybe why I brought it up in my bio, um, okay. because the la- last chapter in uh, in the book just skims over it, the main points. Okay, that's fine. I, I you know I, I didn't mean to like throw the hard one at you or anything. I just uh, I was that's just okay. that's, uh, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. I'm telling you, and I don't know anything anyway. So you know. But uh, no, but I I find all of this. I mean, to me, I find it really uh, very fascinating, especially the fact that I mean, like when 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 people pass over and they come back as this, uh, do they all? I mean, does every single one of them say, "Hey, I want to change the world now. I want to do something different," or do some come back like, "What the heck was that? I, that's not why." They're I was like meaner than they. They're yeah. meaner than yeah, they like, were. Yeah, they weren't happy about what they found on the other side. Does that happen too? I mean, I was curious about that. Well, I mean, I suppose the people who have had negative experiences wouldn't be very happy about what they saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them come back saying, oh, boy, I shouldn't have done that. You know, or what kind of a person. Sometimes yeah. they are asked by the light or by, the, by their guides or whoever, mm-hmm. um, what have you done with your life? And that's uh, that's not a good question. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, tough question. Yeah, as I say, getting, yeah. Reprim- getting like a little reprimanded there or something, you know? Well, just- and then they have to think about it and say, well, gee, I guess I could have done better, you know? So there is that, too. Well, don't some people come back after a near-death experience and all they want is to go back? That. Oh, I, yeah. I believe I believe yeah. that's what happened to my grandmother. Um, oh, absolutely! She, yeah, she had a pulmonary yeah. embolism and died. Yeah, yeah, that's very much so. Mm-hmm. They, they like it's like get me, let me get finish what I'm supposed to do here so I can go back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah she and came back. She came back ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why um, <clears throat> we don't remember uh, what our tasks. Are. Otherwise, we would do that. We would do it and get it over with and go back, you know. But we made a commitment when we came here, and we have to live up to our commitment, and we don't get out of it. Okay. Uh, there's another question from Mr. Bob. From Bob. He says, he's he's uh, our best listener, let me yeah, tell Bob, you. Yeah, Bob's the question man. He we says, love all our listeners. Sorry, guys. You're not, Bob's not the best. He just asked the most questions. 
Yeah. So he said he asks, "What do you think of the shows like uh, think of the shows like Project Afterlife or Proof, both which relate to the rea- the reality or the realist of the afterlife?" I don't know if that the reality. Is. He means thank you. The reality of the Michael. afterlife. What do you think about those shows? I don't know those shows. Tell me again. Name them uh, again. Uh, Project Afterlife, and there's one called Proof, isn't there? I believe. Yeah. Oh well, I'm in Canada, um, in uh, and we don't get that. Chance. We don't get those stories. Well, there you go, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're probably better off not getting. You're probably better off not getting a whole lot of American TV anyway. <laughs> so yes, we do. Not we get good. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, we get we get a lot, but but not. You know, there's a point where we say, oh. Because our government wants us to have Canadian content as well. Oh. Yes. See, in yes, America, that's right. I mean, in America, they'll just let us do whatever. We'll drool over each other. That doesn't really matter. Where are you in Canada? I'm in Alberta, okay. um, right above Montana. And mm-hmm. I'm at about an hour or so above the, uh, the uh, border. And um, I'm in a place called Lethbridge. Is it is it God's country up there? I bet it's really beautiful. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, I grew the, up, the Rocky Mountains are just down the road. And, yeah. And I, I grew up um, about 60 miles south of the, the Peace Arch, the Canadian border in Washington State. So spent a lot of spent a lot of time in Canada as a kid. Yeah. And especially yeah. when I turned 19 and you could drink up there, but not down here. <laughs> That was many years ago now. Talk about getting off topic here. Actually, they can drink at 18. Oh, it used to be 19 when I was a teenager. I'm glad my son doesn't know that because we still live very close to Canada. Ah, so you can still get tip over. And and our dollar is so low right now that that Americans are coming here for holidays because... uh, their dollar goes so much farther. Oh, it's gone back again because for a while there, for years it was the Canadian dollar was low, and then for a while it was the American dollar, and the Canadian dollar was way better, so it's back the other way again, huh? Yeah, it, our dollar is about 75 cents compared to yours. Ah, well, shoot. Well, I love Canada. It's a beautiful country, and uh, I would live there if I could. Yes, but they, we have won't, a lot. they won't have me. They have a lot. We have a lot of the uh, the listeners are are from Canada too. So, oh, that's oh, yeah. right. Yeah, you have Jessica. Yeah, Hi, Canadians. <laughs> there you go. There we you are go, an guys. international show. Ta-da! Oh, yeah. I suppose okay, we should so, get back on topic. Go ahead, that's okay. Jeff. So, so okay. all right. So, my, my I guess I have a question here. Uh, of all the all the stuff you've found out from the people who have passed and come back, what's the most profound? to you like what have you found to be the most profound i'm trying to think that's okay take your time well i think the things that touch me the most are the people who um go into the light that to me is overwhelming it's so beautiful and uh some of the stories and I have them in my book, are so touching and so beautiful that, that yeah, the most, the, my favorite one is a woman called um, 
O-D-W. And um, she died by suicide. She committed suicide. And she went to the light, and the light um, accepted her in, and she's saying, well, wait a minute, how come I'm being accepted after I've committed suicide? Like, I should be punished, shouldn't I? And, uh, but, but she, you know, the light just sent more light, love to her, and so she loved it back, and, and they had this um, escalation of love back and forth and back and forth. She also talks about creation, and that is profound, too, because she talks about how she sees creation like a, a zinnia or a um, um, chrysanthemum where the leaves, I mean, the, the petals keep coming from the middle, and they just keep coming and coming and coming. And uh, so it's very beautiful, and I have that in my book as well. It's really a very beautiful exp um, explanation. Some of the people I had in there were so good at explaining what they were trying to say, even though they kept saying, I can't explain this, but they did. <laughs> and so I had have them in there. Well, so one of I know one of the things that that I, I think it was Dr. Moody talked about is that is very associated with uh, the near death experience is the sense of ineffability and how difficult it is to explain yes. because because it's they don't have the words because it's outside of the human experience. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It is. It's just uh, overwhelming, you know. And one of the one of the people that I that I wrote in the book said, "Well, it's because we're talking about the soul, and we don't have words for that." Yeah. Well, that makes yeah. yeah. Okay, so Bob has another question. Yay, Bob! Surprise! Uh, it says, do you think that those that cross over and come back is an attempt of the spirit realm to let us know we need to evolve and remember we are all eternal? You know, um, that's a good question because um, I have wondered how come there's this great influx, not only of people going over, of spiritual people generally. I mean, the world yeah. seems to be doing a whole uh, switcheroo, except for the people who are fighting over where we won't talk about. Um, yeah, and I, I really do wonder if this is plotted, you know, so I can't answer a yes or a no, but I can certainly say that I understand his question. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you think that there are spirits that don't cross for a time? That, uh, you know, do, does everybody cross over as soon as they die or do some of them stick around for a while? And, and you know, Chuck and I do a lot of work with ghosts, yeah, which are yeah. different than, than spirits who have crossed, I think. So mm -hmm. what, where do you stand on that? Well, I think both. I think sometimes they go over and they say, I can't leave my child, my grandchild, my whatever, you know. And so they come back and hang around for that particular child and then I think there are also those that get stuck who um, for example and I don't know if I have this story in my book but there was one that he he loved his body and then he went and travels all over the world and did you know and that that's happened I have a few of those around but but this particular fellow never did go to the light he only stayed at the, at the, you know, floating around. So, yes, I think that is a possibility. 
Interesting. I kind of, I, because I, I, I mean, that, that's how I feel because, he, well, being a medium, that, you know, when you're, that's the communication I tend to get from the ones mm-hmm. that, yeah, yeah exactly. that seem to be here is that, yeah, they're still, they're still ego. I, I think, I, I know I go back to it and I use this term all the time, but it's, it's ego identification. And I think that once they cross very shortly, they're no longer ego identified, but before they do, they remain ego identified. But at some point, Every spirit is going to cross. They're not going to rattle around as the ghost of a castle forever. That's yeah. right. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, and the same with people who commit suicide have three choices. Um, one choice is they can stay on the other side and choose a life that has the exact same um, elements that they've uh that they've died themselves, that they've killed themselves over, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to avoid. The next life they have, they're going to have the same thing. Um, or they can stay there and they go to a place that I call the black and white place. I'm not sure that it's black and white, but they have to stay there and wander and think and think and think until they find another way of doing, of working out that issue other than suicide, and the third is to come back. Mm-hmm. And now, so, the bottom line of that is that you don't get out of it. So, so there's no there's no escape. We have what what I guess you would call our karma in this life. And if you try to escape it before you've worked through it, then you're going to work through it no matter what. Yes. And, wow. and Yeah. Exactly. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's extremely powerful. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, that's extremely powerful. Um, so, uh, really quick, uh, differences like say, um, it's sad to say, but let's say a, a child they pass over, they have a, a, an NDE experience versus an adult. Is, is that the same, or or is that totally different because of the, the the newness of them to this world? No, it's pretty much the same. Actually, it's quite. Quite often, it's pretty close. Um, they may not have the same ego that they're dragging with them, but yes, yes, they do have a very, and they also have a life review, by the way. Yeah, there's one little boy in my in my book who uh, he was a real scamp, and he, he you know, the, the they said, well, you're gonna um, we're gonna do the life review, and he says to himself, oh well, I'm only eight years old, so you know, I won't have that very much, and he was surprised at how much they have. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's frightening. Yeah. yeah. So, so there was more than he thought. What you're saying. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. But he also got to see where he'd helped somebody, you know, and he'd been kind to others. And that was important, too. So those are lessons. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I love those kind of things. That's, yeah, to me, that is cool. Uh-huh. So um, when, 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 when certain people, when, when people pass over and come back, the NDEs, do any of them run into, like, and this is kind of a way out there question, but do any of them run into extra, extraterrestrial spirits, you know? Or no, I was in, going there if you didn't, so. And human spirits, uh, elemental, you know, anything other than the human soul or spirit? Yes. Um, I don't have that in my book. But yes, that does happen. And I'll tell you what to do if you want to know more about that. Yes. Go to N-D-E-R-F, and then in the search there, 
um, do um, UFOs or you know terrestrial or aliens or something like that, and it'll come up with a number of different cases that that has been experienced. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the so there 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 is those uh, other entities or spirits out there besides our own. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. Okay. okay. I was just curious about that. So. Yeah. So I, I mean, I know you're writing another book and and such. Are you? I mean, is there still so much to learn about this particular topic? Oh yeah, it never ends. I've got a hundred questions. <laughs> I one of my questions is ghosts. Why? Why would you want to be a ghost when you've got all that love around you? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that really is dedication. If you're coming back for somebody that you love, and you're, but they don't come back. They just sort of hang around, you know, mm-hmm. and and just guide and and make sure things are all right. But you know, they're still they're still got one foot in heaven or wherever you want to call mm-hmm. it. So so yeah, but. Uh, it, 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 um, now I can't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> That's okay. Right. Well, you said, I was asking you, there was just so many questions and you were talking about that and you brought up a good point where you're saying you wonder why some come back and do what they do. Um, oh, yes. so some yes. do choose, so some, so someone, people, when they do pass over, they choose to be spirit guys. They choose not to, uh, come back as a, a human being, I guess, again, they decide to stay on the other side and to guide and help from that side. Um, yes, no. Um, they will stay and help guide the people who are still here. But when that those people pass, then they're finished. So it's only connected to the people they love. Oh, they okay. Won't. Yeah. So they wouldn't become spirit guides um, because they haven't finished their evolution yet. Uh, that's my opinion, by the way. That isn't, okay. in, you know. <laughs> but I, I just think that they wouldn't, they wouldn't become a true spirit guide until they're finished their own evolution, up to to go back to the source. Okay, but but we do eventually finish our evolution. Some oh, do, yeah. all do. Okay, sure, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And actually, I I don't know. Maybe we can just say, "Hey, we just don't want to go back again," you know. But actually, I I don't get that impression. I get the impression that they really can't wait to get back. I don't know what's wrong with their heads, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right? Crazy spirits. I know. I know. So, do you think that um, when we come here, our entire soul comes here, or do you think that it's part of our soul and there's part of us still on the other side? No, I think the whole thing. I think we we jump into this life. Uh, the whole, you know, we just take over. This is, this is, and I think that because based on what I've learned from NDEs, I think we literally become the individual that we are. And so that ego that we're talking about and uh, the personality is the soul. I think it's the soul that eats and sleeps and works and drives and does all the things that we do. Um, and then, and the reason why I say that is because when they leave here, they take that with them, and they'll talk about having a body, or they'll talk about being the person that they've just left, and they know they don't have a body because they just saw it laying there, but they take this ethereal body with them. So I do think that 
Yeah. So no. So you're saying that they, you're saying that they, that when they come over from the other side, when they become a person. Yeah, but they, they, they completely, one hundred percent, become who and what we are. And I don't think there is a part of the personality or a part of the soul that's separated off. That's my you know, feeling. Okay. You know how you, when you look at babies, they look like they're really, really wise and that they know stuff. Do you yeah. think that? that that's because they haven't forgotten yet, and so some part of their soul is still um, remembering, and that you know because they they forget later or. Yeah, actually, I I can see that. Sure, yeah, that that makes sense to me. Darn it! Well, yeah, so they remember everything, but they can't tell us because they're babies. They don't know how to talk yet. Well, and they haven't have developed a personality and an ego yet. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because really, I mean, babies develop egos. Um, part of it is nature. Part of it is what happens. But part of it is also, you know, nurture what we do to them. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And so one of the other things that I've discovered, and it goes back to what you were talking about before, I think we are consciousness here. Uh, you know, but that's a whole different subject. But anyway, yeah. I think that, yeah. that you know, um, and and so my point is that that some scientists or you know people that explore this kind of thing will say that a baby doesn't have consciousness until they can play peekaboo or until they can recognize themselves in a mirror. And I'm saying, no, they have consciousness right away. As soon as, yeah. you know, as soon as they have a thought. Yeah. Um, so we have come to the part of the show where we ask you to tell people where they can find you, uh, any websites, book titles, all of that stuff. It's our shameless self-promotion corner. So please feel free to shamelessly self-promote. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, well, you know my book. It's uh, The Wonder of You, What the Near-Death Experience tells you about yourself and I'm on um, I'm on so many different places. On Twitter I am ArtSoul2 and on um, LinkedIn I'm Lynn Russell on um, G Plus I'm Lynn Russell and on Facebook I'm the wonder of you, the, the full name of the book, the wonder of you, what the near death experience teaches you about yourself or tells you about yourself. That's that's where what I am on. Uh, and anybody's welcome to join me. That's great. Great. So um, what was it? Oh, there you are, Art Soul 2 there. I just followed you on Twitter. You're welcome. No, it's been, <laughs> Lynn, it has been really great having you on the show. And um, I look forward to reading your book. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Hey, when you get that next quantum physics-y book done, will you come back so that we can have a deep, in-depth discussion about that? Fantastic. Yeah, great. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Good night. Thanks. Good night. Thanks. There you go. There you go, Chuck. How'd you do? Is your mind blown? Yeah. A little bit. It's just like, it's just so much to take in, you know, uh, on the subject itself. But I, I got a lot of answers to things that, you know, or at least uh, possible answers to things that I 
uh, always wondered about as far as you know coming back and forth. And the, I think the the most interesting piece to that was about the girl who committed suicide and went to the other side and they said, okay, well, here's what you got to do. Now you have to do it all over again from starting from square one to get past where you had the issue with to continue and finish what you're supposed to finish. Well, that's kind of the whole concept of karma as I see it. So, I mean, I mean, I know people think that karma is, um, you know, if I do something mean to you, the universe is going to do something mean to me. <laughs> but I, I think that that's a really simplistic view of karma. And what I think karma is actually is that we have a series of things we need to learn or experience in each lifetime. And if we don't, they wait for us in the next lifetime or the next life. I also think that if I do something mean to you in this lifetime that you uh-huh. may be able to slap me upside the head in the next lifetime. <laughs> Pleasant thought, isn't it? Just that. So in the next in the next lifetime, Chuck, you can send me stuff in the mail, man. Woo! There you go. I'll be the get free stuff. Oh my god, I'm gonna come back as a female. Is that what you're saying? Oh my lord. And I'm about to send stuff to you. And yeah, I I thought that was like you know, yeah, because I mean in a way, that's what I thought of karma as is you know, like, you know, you do something to me, you know, eye for an eye kind of thing, you know. But to think that it carries on to the other side okay that's that's a little that's a little scary i mean i understand it but it's still it's a little scary so um yeah well it's it's i mean but it's 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 life it's how you know the bottom line is is that we have things that we need to learn and experience Mm -hmm. and we can't opt out of those things that we're going to go through it. If we don't go through it in this one, we'll go through it in the next one. Um, and really, we are going to have the sum total of all experiences because because the source is trying to experience itself through us. And yep. so we're going to have all those experiences, whether well, yeah, we the, want them or not. So we've all the, been killers and we've all been killed and we've all, you man, know. Man, yeah. you know. And, and, ju- and I think that we judge ourselves. Like, there's not someone oh, judging us. We no. make our own. That's, that's. I do that every day. Okay. I'm, you know, my God, I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and think, oh my God, why did I do that? What's wrong with me? But I, I'm, <laughs> I am, I am yeah. one of the least judgmental people I know about other people. But when mm. it comes to myself, oh my God. <laughs> that's crazy. I am a walking guilt. I, everything, man. I, well, yeah. well, I felt bad about asking her about the, the, the universe and the hologram. It was in her bio. I know. Well, no, but she said that she said that I explained it beautifully. You noticed that she just said all my questions were good questions at all. Yeah. 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 All mine were really hard. Well, I don't know if I can answer that one. That's pretty tough. (laughs) But that's my job is to ask the tough questions. So, so Cheryl, as as far as questioning went tonight, who won your check? What? Who won? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Who won, Cheryl? Who won? It was a tie. <laughs> That's my girl. You're gonna have to come back in your next life and answer that question truthfully, Cheryl. <laughs> hey, I had good questions. I'm sorry they were hard. I was just trying to, I was trying to delve. You, delve you deep both into had it. excellent. Chef, your questions, questions were very good. I know. I felt bad when she's and saying. Bob. Great questions. Yes, and I think she, I think I think I think poor Lynn was getting tired at the end because I'd ask her and she'd like start talking. And go. I'm sorry. What were we? What were we saying? I said, I'm we so, can be exhausting. I know we can be. We can wear you. Yes. We can just wear you down like a like water on a rock, people. So sorry. Yep. I know. Whatever. So, <laughs> um, 
So what's happening like next week? Who who do we have on? Who can we who can we drain of all their intelligent juices That's of right. next week? Who are we gonna right. wear out next week? We are gonna <laughs> be talking about out of body experiences. With- <gasps> oh my god! We just went to. We, I, I just tried to delve into this can one. Can you both see the look of absolute delight on my face? Oh, here we go again. Wait, now we're gonna, we're not going to go all the way to the other side. We're going to go into the middle piece that yes. she was talking about. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will be joined by Daryl E. Barry Jr. He is the author okay. of Travel Far, A Beginner's Guide to the Out-of-Body Experience. Ooh. Oh, Bob so, has wait, wait. asked in chat what Lynn's book, the name of Lynn's book is again. It is. Do you guys have it or do you want me to tell you? I want you to tell me. It's The Wonder of You, What the Near-Death Experience Tells You About Yourself. I go. remembered the wonder of you, but the subtitle was just not going to come out. So. <laughs> That's okay. You have to squeeze ready. me like you're sexing a chick to get that subtitle out. <laughs> you're sexing a chick. Oh my lord! Hey Bob, oh, and, and by the yeah, I, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know. And you're talking about the ooh. You're just not a farm boy, are you? No, I'm not. I'm a city slicker. I'm a city girl too, but I have cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what does that mean? Does that count for like as soon as I put my boots on? Hell, y'all, I'm I'm a country girl. That's right. Because that I got me old farm and I got me old fiddle and the sun's coming. <laughs> cakes on the griddle. What was that? My God, that's I'm about never. a funny, funny riddle. Thank God, I'm a country boy. There you go. <laughs> Hey, hey, Bob, by the way, I know you're not a girl now, but if you get that book, you can send me a copy. I'd like a copy. Bob. No, send him nothing free, Bob. Oh, wait. That's, see, Cheryl, this is how he does it. We yep. just never noticed. We're more aware of it now so we can stop it in its tracks. Yep. He's sly, isn't he? Oh, my God. So, wait. So, the guy that comes on, is it, I'm sorry, was it a guy? Or yes, a it was it's a guy. Oh, yeah. God, thank God. I, I lost track there for a minute. Um, I think I, his name is like Derry Berry. Daryl Berry. Daryl Berry. Derry Berry? You're making up names? Yes. I'm getting tired. No, I, I actually was trying to say Daryl Berry. Oh, but I, God. Derry Berry, Daryl Berry. I'm sorry. I, I, was it Daryl Berry? Is that right? Yes, that's right. Oh, my right. God. I, I, I'm going to have trouble saying that. Yes, it is. It's like chickmumps. Here we go. This poor guy is going to be suffering next week. Now, is he going to talk about like how we can do it? Yes. <gasps> yeah, that's in his book. Oh, Pra-practical yeah. Uh-huh. Exercises can you can we do it while we're doing the show and leave Cheryl to be the only one in her body to do the <laughs> oh, interview? Oh, my God. We'll float over behind Cheryl and we'll scare her. We'll do a jump scare. Right, Cheryl? Yeah. And then I'll scream and it'll be bad. <laughs> and then we'll go whoosh, back on our bodies and go, that's right, people. We just scared the crap out of Cheryl. <laughs> Chuck squeezed the poop out of her. No, he hugged the poop out of her. Now she's snapped a restraining order, too. Oh, hey, man. Bob just said, where do I send a Chucky's son's basement? Oh, yeah, buddy. I will send you the address. Ah, no. <laughs> Nobody ever sends me free stuff. Oh, yeah. I'll get something for you. I'll talk Patty to you. Patty gives me swag. No, Patty gives me swag all the time. Swag? What, what Mostly is... flashlights. Mostly flashlights. <laughs> What's I have it? a whole, whole lot of flashlights <laughs> on carabiners. There's like a whole room. It's just flashlights. You know the flashlights I got. That's well, it. compasses and you know little little things like that. I understand that my buddy Al, yes. when he was alive, it's, he he would hear every week. Oh, I got some more. Look at these cool flashlights. Like, dude, how many flashlights do we possibly need? I hear them most ironic. Knows whenever we're somewhere on an investigation. 
I never have a freaking flashlight, even though Patty gives me one out <laughs> once a month. Does she ever say anything? Does she ever go, uh, Karen? Yeah, freaking yeah she does. Yeah, it's me. Oh, my so, goodness. hey, next week, next week for the show, do you know whose birthday it's going to be? Uh, no, who's? Patty's. <gasps> Patty's birthday. Actually, yeah, her birthday is Tuesday, so it's it's between this and next week. So I figure we should sh- wish her a happy birthday now. Happy birthday! You sing to her. Sing to her now, Chuck. All right, fine. Here, <coughs> here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Miss Patty. Send me free stuff in the mail. Happy birthday to you. How's that? Did you hear did you hear his subliminal send me free stuff in that song? Patty's gonna send him a box of stuff now. It was in there. (laughs) Here it comes, baby. I'm gonna box of flashlights. Yeah. I hope she's I hope Patty's listening. She might not be, but I hope she is. She's not listening. I'm gonna see her. She has to see me on Sunday because I have a present for her. Well then you'll have to tell her that I sang. I have a whole bag of presents for her. Is it a bunch of flashlights? I'm you're not going to tell you in case she's listening. It's not like, a flashlight. Yeah, you are. You're just giving her, here's the present. It's like all the flashlights she No, gave. and then when Tanner was moving into his, his uh, apartment last week, uh-huh. um, as he was packing up, he was like, I, I think I need a flashlight for a power outage. Do we have any extra flashlights? I was like, really, dude? <laughs> really? Yeah, we got nine million of them. Hang on. Let me go drag out the big box full of them. You know, we have. I have a lot of flashlights. I mean, they're always fun, and she like she'll always give Tanner like these little finger flashlights that clip onto your fingers. They actually clip onto your pen, but Tanner clips them onto his fingers and gives glowy fingers. Really, they have finger flashlights? Oh, I would love to have someone send me some of those. I don't even. Uh, I've yeah. never seen those before. I didn't know they had finger. That'd be cool because you could just go on an investigation and go. Where did you see that? Over there. I just put my hand up. Yeah, and you have like uh, Freddy Krueger finger flashlight fingers. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So, Cheryl, what did yes. you think of the lady this evening? What did you think of the topic? I love, I love the topic. I'm, I'm fascinated lately with the show called Project Afterlife on Destination America. And it's basically focuses on people who have died and, and you know, the the. The time span is different. I mean, it ranges from a few minutes, but some of these people have been dead for like, you know, 50 minutes. Cl- That's like, crazy. declared well, dead. Well, she was saying people, rigor mortis was said, yes. it, wasn't it? Isn't that like a couple hours? Yeah. And, 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 uh, yep. And they come back and they have a story to tell. It's Would that hurt? You come back and you're like, body's all like, yeah. Some, moving again? Yeah. Some say it, it hurts. That's when a mess. Yeah. That's a mess of crap. It's fascinating. I mean, she was so full of all this information, and it's—I mean, just the amount of research that she's done into the topic—it's—it's it's amazing. You know how much I love the near-death experience topic. Yeah. yeah. Almost yeah, as much. I get pretty as excited. Body. Almost as much as the out-of-body one. I know. I'm feeling so delighted. See my <laughs> face. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I'm feeling so delighted right now. I have my delighted face on. You right do. Now. It, so was, it was very, yeah, <laughs> was you were delighted. Face. So what's going on with the mag? Anything cool with the mag? Sorry. Anything going on with the mag? That's oh, cool? dear. Oh. You had to ask about the magazine. I 
Sorry. Yeah. I'm see, there I go again. <laughs> she usually tells us ahead of time, please don't ask me about the magazine tonight. I didn't tell didn't you. Me. I so forgot to tell you. No, yes, our, okay. our What's up with the magazine, Cheryl? is extremely late. It's going online this weekend because it has to. Um, and so it'll be out with some phenomenal uh, stories. Excuse me. Um, oh. And uh, check it out. Check <laughs> <laughs> I went for something like big, like exactly. And check it out. That's what I got. She did my voice. Do we have articles in it? We have many of many articles. That's actually no. I need to check and I actually get our stuff in. Yes, you both have articles in them. Yes. Superman, me say, yo, you didn't send it for a very long time. Oh wait, never. I can take that back. Yeah. Um, so it'll be out this weekend and then, uh, everybody can check it out. It's at paradigmotograph.net or issue.com. Well, the new one won't be on issue.com yet, but, uh, paradigmotograph.net and madcloud.com. Best magazine ever. And I That's mean, ever. right. That's right. That's just because I write for it. I know. It uh, is. You know, one of the best compliments I've ever gotten about the magazine came from our good friend, Bob. You know what it, you know what it was? No. Bob loves it us was, so I like much. To, I'd like oh to, my god! I want to. I, I want to quote Bob so I get it I can right. bask in the glow and of Bob's. I'm gonna, I can. You can, totally. I can. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually quote Bob because I want to get his quote. Bob, he said, "I will continue to enjoy the magazine and will be a subscriber until you quit publishing or become a spirit, whichever comes first. Wow. Oh, How's that? God. Oh. You old smoothie, you. Dude, you, 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 need, you need to take that quote with Bob's name, put it in the inside cover of one of the magazines. Best well, quote ever from it, our from It our is. Paper. It's the best quote ever. It's on our it should. It should be on our website. It is on our website on the testimonial page. It is. Oh, we have testimonials now? We do. Well, we've, it's only been we up do? there for like five years, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't go on the website very much. I'm too busy. I'm busy doing a show and stuff. Man. Yeah. We have testimonials. We do. We have a show? How long has that been going? <laughs> hey, I have been doing, Cheryl, when did we start? We started doing the podcast in January of 2009 Correct. or 2008? Nine. I have been doing this thing for six and a half years. Wow. I, I can't say that. I only did my Cheryl show. and I have been doing it for six and a half years. And then we brought Rick in maybe, what, about six months later? Yeah. 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 Well, I start with, well, I start with you guys in January, right? Was it this year, right? Yeah, it was this year, January. Mm -hmm. Is it Almost a year. Almost a year with this one. Woohoo! No, and has your life ever been better than the time you've spent? <laughs> no, it's never been better. Talk about chipmunks and genitalia. It doesn't get better. No, chick genitalia. Not like chick girl, but chick like peep peep genitalia. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> I figured I'd better. That was a close one right there. And, we, and for some reason, a lot about penises. I don't know why, but. Genitalia. Well, because it happens. It's in the story. Because I'm a feminist, and I feel like they need equal, uh, equal, equal representation. <laughs> okay, we have to go. Oh, all right. If we oh. have so, to. hey, this has been a great one. Mm -hmm. uh, very enjoyable. Thank you to Lynn and um, to Bob for his excellent questions. Yeah, Bob, you're awesome, buddy. Yeah, Bob, you give us something to do. We appreciate that. So come back next week at 7 p.m. Pacific. 
10 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with the lovely Chucky G and me, the always feeling guilty and judging myself, Karen Frazier. Thank you very much. Just send me anything you want. Here on the hazy radio (laughs) network, don't send stuff to Chuck. Good night. Night. If you'd like to be a guest, Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something 